0: Hi, my name is Amanda Panacea, and you're listening to the Healer Revolution Podcast. This is a community for self-healers, biohackers, practitioners, and any other helping professionals. You're in the right place if you're seeking conversations about how pain becomes passion, the connection between physical, energetic, mental, and our spiritual self, Finding your body's ancient wisdom, the latest biohacking technologies, clinical research, and if you just want to nerd out about complex biochemistry and quantum physics. But this is also for entrepreneurs who seek infinite abundance and a supportive community. So pour a cup of king coffee or cistus tea and let's join the revolution. Welcome everyone to the Healer Revolution podcast. I am your host Amanda Panacea and today I am just so thrilled to be introducing Dr. Rathika March. You may know her on Instagram or YouTube or podcast as the spiritual psychologist and she and I worked together for about six months time and so now that we are we have completed our sessions, I'm so excited to go into her healing journey because she's just an incredible human being who really gets it. <laughs> you know, for me, it was so hard to find someone who I connected with that had education and experience and who had done the work on a level that I could respect and learn from. And Dr. Rathika Marsh is definitely that person. She had her own healing journey of Exploring the feelings of not being enough, not feeling worthy, needing external validation in order to feel okay. And she also has 15 years' experience as a psychologist with a doctorate in educational psychology. She was also a teacher prior to that. But she really, really thrives in understanding how childhood development can really impact our beliefs, our subconscious responses, and models of thinking that you develop as a child into an adult and how they really come through and impact our lives. The other thing I love about Dr. Marsh is she's incredibly free-spirited. She loves dancing at festivals. She loves expressing herself through music, color, and dance. And she's just an incredible mother, new friend, and now colleague. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. It is filled with lots of amazing epiphanies and lots of great conversations about deep topics like subconscious beliefs, self-esteem, using drugs and alcohol, being a wild woman, (laughs) and all the juicy things. So enjoy. Hi everyone, welcome to the Healer Revolution podcast. This is your host, Amanda Panacea, and I'm really excited today to be able to talk to my ex-therapist, Dr. Rathika Marsh. Hi, Dr. Rathika, how are you this morning? Hello. Well, afternoon, I guess, where yeah, you are.
1: I'm good, thank you. I love the name of your podcast, Healer <laughs> Oh, revolution. thank you. It's so good.
0: Yeah, yeah I've always <laughs> been really attached to the word revolution. So I've yes, every, everything. that I bet you have. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm attached to the word revolution.
0: <laughs> yeah, it just really lights you up. Like hell yeah, we're changing things over here. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, I said ex-therapist because we're no longer seeing each other, but I was seeing you for quite a while, and I wanted to tell people the story of how I found you because um, I also became a therapist, although I became a mental health counselor in the United States and. I saw therapists, I even saw some psychologists and I was like, never really resonated with any of them. You know, I just would see them. I believed in therapy and the practice, but I never had found like somebody who I felt was a good therapist or the right one for me. And so when I was going through chronic illness and kind of recovering from that, I typed in spiritual psychologists. And there you were. It was like a match made in heaven.
1: Yes, you found me. Yeah. Found each other.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because I don't actually call myself a therapist, but yeah. I am a psychologist and I guess it's branched into coaching. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like such um, a combination of things that I've created because it does go into the more therapeutic side and the trauma healing and, um, emotional wound healing, all of that stuff in combination with, you know, where are we going next?
0: Right. Where yeah. We, where
1: are we moving to? Right.
0: Yeah. So, now, yeah, that was the other thing that attracted me to you. You had been through the, the medical model and then stopped, practicing there and you branched out into coaching and that also was important to me too so
1: yeah it was a, definitely been a liberating journey yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah so you know all about me but I'm really excited today to hear your story and how you got to where you are today so yeah. by all means tell me all the details
1: yeah um so I was born in England and my parents are from Sri Lanka and they were first generation that came across from Sri Lanka to England and it was, it brought, I guess, its own beauty and also challenges, you know, because their values and the way that they were raised, the way that they perceived life um it's very very different to British culture (laughs) (laughs) and and I think that um I I've experienced such a beauty of two worlds you know um two worlds because I'm very very blessed actually because I have my cultural roots and community um that I know that I can always kind of go back to and connect with and the spiritual journey, spiritual elements from my upbringing as well, but also I've had the pleasure of, you know, British identity and culture and freedom and liberation and all of those things as well. So it's been like such a beautiful marrying of the two, but with that, came for me anyway, I think for a lot of people who are in a similar situation as me a lot of identity challenges because I you know it was just one set of rules based a lot a lot on fear there was a lot of fear-based parenting um, and also being in a in a society with friends who had a whole different set of rules that they were living by. So it just felt like I was in one, in one bubble, in a bigger bubble that I couldn't access, you know? And yeah, I guess the journey was feeling a deep sense of a lack of belonging that definitely came up and feeling Feeling like my soul was constricted and feeling disconnected from myself as a result. It's like, I, I am a wild, I, I think a lot of people have this, this wild part of them. I'm a very free spirited person, but it was like, you have to be in this box. And follow these rules, and it was just such a clash with, with who I was, and so it felt very, very, um, it felt very trapping and constrictive, and uh, you know, from my parents' perspective, they were only trying to protect me. You know, they were only trying mm-hmm. to protect me and do what what they felt was right but it was just so fear based and when when we operate from a place of fear it it makes you controlling <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know it leads to control when you think about like you know i'm sure that anybody any anyone listening to this today when you think about when fear comes up for you you want to control stuff you know you want you want that sense of safety and security and that can that can then manifest in like unhealthy ways in your relationships with your children with with each other in relationships and so on. So yeah, it was for me, there was like such a big journey before I even like consciously found the spiritual path of just finding healthiness with myself because I was in such unhealthy damaging, self-destructive kind of patterns of behavior, very secretive, a secretive identity, a secretive way of being. And I just always felt this sense of like, what is wrong with me? You know, I, why can't I get myself together? Um, And just very low self-esteem and so low self well worth as a teenager and I guess like the first part of that liberation for me was leaving home you know and finding myself and I had no sense of like I don't know independence (laughs) at all when I left home because everything was like just um, controlled so much I think so it was such a big journey um but later on what i was finding was that and i think a lot of people can relate to this like it's like i was ticking all the boxes of society like okay i've got a good job i did a doctorate and even that whole narrative was like oh it must have been a fluke that i got on the course you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how did i do that they must have like i don't know they must have got something wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah like totally downplaying that i had the skill set to get on this competitive course and um yeah so i kind of had like you know i was a, i became a psychologist i was a teacher before that like highly functioning you know and i had a partner i was getting married um, I have a child, I have a nice house, you know, and uh, amongst all of that, still feeling this deep sense of, like, people don't see who I am, and who I am is wrong or bad or brings up shame in me, and it is just so painful. It's so deeply painful feeling like that, like also kind of like I remember going to different workplaces, like working as a teacher in different places, for example, and just never feeling like I fit in. And it's that black sheep thing, like always feeling like I'm the black sheep, like people don't get me, people aren't seeing me, they think I'm weird or they're just not getting it you know and so i just i just to be honest i just felt like um yeah like there was this whole secretive part of me still around patterns around food around my body around how i perceived myself um not always being honest in my relationship with my partner being secretive in in that area as well and then feeling intense shame and just not Connecting with the light in me, you know, not seeing that light, just just feeling like, okay, I'm a bad person. There's something wrong with me. I don't belong in society, or like I don't belong in this society. And so I started doing, I think I just started finding it universe came to me, God came to me in some way and directed me to find people, I don't know, on social media, just people started appearing, feeds started appearing that I was like, Oh, okay, what's this about? You know, what's this spirituality stuff about? And then I entered on a big spiritual journey, and awakening. And, you know, the biggest initial realization was, I get to fully be who I am even if I have a son or a husband or even if I'm a psychologist, I get to fully be who I am and there's nothing wrong with who I am. And it like it was just such a big penny, you know, that (laughs) dropped. And then it was like, okay, so if I can be who I am, woohoo! And I and I went crazy on try, on exploring my expression of that. And initially it was like a lot of sexual expression, actually, a lot of sensual expression like. Um, yeah, expression of like these parts of me that didn't feel like they were allowed, that was suppressed. Um, and yeah, that was an interesting, creative like journey um and then i left my job as a psychologist because that was again another um another area of my life where it was like this is a box this is how you operate this is how you do things if you don't do it this way then you know you're bad or wrong or you're gonna be in trouble and it yeah there wasn't that creativity there wasn't me It wasn't me, it was like a filtered, very, very filtered down version of myself. So I then started playing around with, okay, what if I started doing, creating my own Instagram page? Um, And that's where the spiritual psychologist was birthed. And I just played around with it, just played around with putting stuff on there, expressing myself, using it as a platform to express who I was and then it started developing into okay what if i owned this a bit more what if i ran a program and it's just built you know built from there and then i left my job um and i still do a bit of contracted work as a psychologist but yeah i'm fully in the spiritual psychologist world so there's been a lot like a lot of pain <laughs> navigation of pain and shadows to To get to this space now of of uh, showing up as me, you know,
0: mm-hmm. mm. yeah, beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And yeah, I definitely resonate with so much of that story. Just feeling like you don't belong almost every place that you go to, mm. or feeling like, oh my god, I'm a therapist now, or I'm a counselor now, or a psychologist now. Like I have mm-hmm. to act like this. I can't carry with me all of these old ways of being. And some of them, of course, were pretty unhealthy. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, But just always feeling like I'm not good enough. I have to do the next thing. And that can kind of translate into health too, like never being healthy enough or fit enough and always kind of chasing the next thing and never really being still and accepting like I'm right here right now. Mm. And this is me.
1: Yes, Yeah. There's like so many layers of shame that we can hold about ourselves. And um, yeah, that's that's what I support women to kind of liberate themselves from now, you know, that there's these parts of people that, um, that they feel bad about. And it's like bringing in that shadow, that shadow part of yourself that The is the the shadow parts of you, the parts of you that um, you initially feel shame for actually hold like your greatest power and wisdom, you know. So in my business, my expression of sensuality, my my expression of who like different facets of who I am. That's like such a a great gift to the world. that that I once saw as really bad and wrong, you know? And yeah, I had to bring that part of me in and like welcome her and nurture her and love her into acceptance. And I was like, I don't want to accept you. (laughs) 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 So it was uncomfortable an uncomfortable journey, but it's like that part of you that's like, I want to be seen. There's these parts of you that pop up that like, I want to be seen more. This Mm -hmm. part of me is fun. You know, this part of me is creative. Why did I block it away? Because you were told to at some point. Mm -hmm. So it's navigating that, you know, the depths of what is it that you have blocked about yourself or what is it that you think that what where is it that you're blocking yourself in life in terms of how it is that you think that you should be living and and how you actually want to live, you know, and what you want to experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And so how would you what what are some tips you would give someone if they feel like I don't have anything about myself that I like I don't know who I am. I don't know what direction to go in i never had any talents or hobbies or anything like that.
1: Yeah. I always think like this is a difficult thing for people to do, but, but we're often in our heads and what we can practice is coming down to our hearts. So dropping our energy right down from, you know, up here where we're in that thinking space. And just, you know, closing your eyes and putting your hand on your heart and coming down to that space. Because in your heart is, is where we hold so much, you know, the frequency of love is so much higher than the frequency of fear. When we're operating in our head, we're often operating from that frequency of fear, aren't we? So, <laughs> so when we practice like dropping down to our heart space, we're coming back to that frequency of, okay, if I loved myself, what, what would I want to be experiencing right now? And so much of it, I think, like can come back to such simplicity, that, that, which is that we lose ourselves in what we think we should be doing as adults. And so we lose the play and the joy part of us. Like, I want to I dye my hair yellow. <laughs> you know, it's so joyful, that's so p- playful, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Playful and creative and fun and exciting. And that part of this um, gets shut down somewhere along the way. So, uh, you know, a question you can ask yourself is, what did I, what memories do I have? Or what time, ty- what, what points in time did I experience joy? Because there's got to be a time at some point, even if it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when you experienced joy, that time can teach you so much. So if you can kind of come back to like a memory of something that brought you joy, where were you? Like, how did that mem- How did that feel in your body? So say, for example, you were dancing in a club or something like that. Like how did that feel in your body? What was it that felt really joyful that and that memory might be like a bit convoluted. It might be that actually, like you were you were a bit wasted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at the time at the same time, but there's something underneath that that brought you joy, you know the movement <laughs> of dancing of feeling free in your body, of feeling relaxed or whatever it was so so there's just such great teachers in. Connecting to what is it that brought me joy once as a child, as a young adult, as as an adult, what excites me? You know, what excites me? We stop ourselves from asking those questions, because when we ask ourselves those questions, we realize that we have to do something about it. (laughs) So if you say to yourself, okay. The thing that I really want is to go away for like six months, or I really want to go and climb a mountain (laughs) in Peru, or something like that. If we ask ourselves those questions, it opens up the possibilities. And then when we open up possibilities, the first thing that happens is that our ego kicks in (laughs) and the ego kicks in and it's like, you can't do that because you haven't got the money. You haven't, you know, who are you to do that? Like, it's too scary and all of those things. So, so before we've even asked, before you've even asked yourself that question, the ego is going to come in to stop you in order to try and keep you safe. So I invite in that question of, okay, if you allowed the fear to be there, but asked yourself the question anyway of what excites me, what is it that I'm really being like called in my heart to explore, then you don't have to do it straight away. You can just explore it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I always think like working with your nervous system, is such a great way of doing things because you don't have to make a huge move in the in the space of a month you can just explore options you know it like if you don't invite in the possibility of the of an idea it's never going to happen right so there's there's that bit isn't there of if i if i had total freedom if i if i gave myself permission to fully choose what i want to experience what would it be and to write it all down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to write it all down and to really like feel what what you're being called towards and then yeah and then start start exploring it
0: yeah ah Mm, yeah, I like that. I'll also I'll often ask clients like, where did you? When was the last time you felt the most like yourself, or like in mm, the last month, when did you feel the most like yourself?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Even if
0: it's just yeah. like a teeny little minute.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing. We might think that we've never had the experience of joy. We might say to ourselves, "Okay, well, in the last minute, last month, I've not had any joy." or I've not felt like myself at all but there's always an array of emotions and life I believe you you aren't always just depressed you aren't always sad there might be moments where you feel all right you know and it's recognizing that it's being aware of that um Mm -hmm. and and yeah asking yourself what made it what made it right as opposed to terrible Mm -hmm. what made it joyful as opposed to boring
0: yeah yeah I had um another guest on who recovered from um chronic neurological Lyme disease like completely bedridden couldn't um, stand light or sound and he actually did a TED talk that was called it all started with one breath Because there was this little teeny moment where he realized that when I breathe out really slowly, I feel a teeny little increment better.
1: (laughs) Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like such simplicity. Um, Yeah, such simplicity. And like, I think with, with the healing, you know, the healing journey is like some of it, so much of it, actually, is about discovering magic, you know, discovering the magic and abundance that's, that's already there. It's, a, it's around you. But when, you, uh, when you're in pain and suffering, when you're processing your emotional wounds and traumas and all of those things, when you're out of al- alignment with your, with your true nature, with who you actually are, it leads to disconnection from that, um, that magic. And so we can't see it. We can't see how amazing life is. So, so that's where we have to re, you know, return to ourselves, refind ourselves, not change ourselves, just come back to who we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that, um, I think is so critical when you're in those like really deep, like, terrible feeling moments of just trying to notice one thing that's beautiful or putting one thing in your house that you think is beautiful whether it's a flower or a crystal or a picture (laughs) something that's gonna allow you to be tapping into like that's beautiful or I'm grateful for that thing
1: yes definitely and and the thing is the more that you practice the more you rewire that part of you you know yeah. so you can you can in this you have practiced you not you but we have we have been in spaces where we have practiced negative responses you know we've practiced going straight into um thinking when we get up for example or thinking negatively or feeling negatively and you can learn the art of gratitude and like it's it's amazing you know that that um that experience of feeling gratitude it's so simple and it but it's so powerful and to really Mm -hmm. you know to really feel that in your body it's yeah for me it's for me it's it feels very powerful and the more that i practice that the The more I don't take things for granted on a day-to-day basis, you know, that I I fully appreciate, you know, my time on this earth is limited and I'm going to, what do I want to do with it while I'm here?
0: Have you had to give up coffee for health reasons? Maybe because of the stress it was putting on your adrenals. Maybe because it was messing with your sleep. Maybe because you felt terrible after drinking it. Or maybe because you were told coffee had mold on the beans and you needed to stay away from mold. Well, what if I told you there's an organic, mycotoxin-free, quality coffee that contains reishi spores or Ganoderma lucidum? Ganoderma lucidum helps to modulate your immune system adapt to stress, balance hormones, and doesn't give you the jitters or shakes like regular coffee used to. Sounds too good to be true, right? It's called King Coffee by the company Organo. And King Coffee came into my life when I was struggling with chronic hives, full body eczema, and mast cell activation syndrome. I hadn't drank coffee in years because it made me feel anxious, shaky, and clammy. So I had no expectations that drinking king coffee would be any different. However, I decided to give it a try after seeing lots of amazing practitioners talk about the benefits of reishi online. I tried a seven-day sample, and the chronic hives were gone by day five. I was in shock. After that, I dove into the research on reishi and found that there are over 3,000 peer-reviewed PubMed clinical trials using reishi ganoderma as an intervention. The company Organo also has a patent protected on their harvesting process. They double crack open the spore shells, which makes them up to 80% more potent than the body of the reishi, which is usually used in other reishi products. This also makes the spores 90% more bioavailable for your body to use. If you would like to try King Coffee, visit the healer or for a seven day trial, you can check out my link tree on my Instagram at Amanda Panacea. Yeah. And there's something I'd like to kind of backtrack with that you uh, mentioned when you are thinking of a moment that you maybe felt. The most like yourself or a moment where you felt really good about yourself or free, but you also might have been on drugs or alcohol at that moment. Because this is something I've, I've had to unpack a lot, like most of my memories of being, um, being in these really free moments where I actually felt free and the most like myself. I was on drugs or alcohol.
1: Yes. And so
0: then there was also that shame of like, well, that wasn't truly me. So that can't be right. So you have to go back in your head, like trying to find other moments. And especially when you come from a a place or a scene of like heavy partying like that, um, it's hard to find a moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think like a place to start that there is, that was a version of you. Mm -hmm. It maybe wasn't like, the 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 version that felt really good but it but it was still a version of you and so it's that thing of like okay actually like that version like was awesome in her own way at that point in time (laughs) and like she's a great teacher so it's kind of like you know like bringing her in that that she that part of you that was wild and high at the same time (laughs) she she is a teacher for something that you were desiring at that point in time and i don't believe that it's just escapism i think some of it is um wanting to find connectedness but doing it in a way that isn't true connectedness so that so and that's why like you know clubbing and party drugs alcohol it all kind of works (laughs) in 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 many ways doesn't it because you relax you're relaxed and so you're more connected with the experience you're you're connected with the sounds you're connected with your your heart or you think you are and you're connected with feeling that sense of freedom in your body so when when you're drinking or using drugs it gives you that those i guess to a degree um that uh I guess it's like a falsehood of connectedness if that if that's a word
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah so it's it's almost like how can you for me it's been a journey of like who is my wild woman because there's this there's the wild woman in me that was also the party animal and right. that that you know didn't didn't always know when to stop drinking or did like, you know, too too much of a drug for my small body. Do you know what I mean? And I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> I couldn't handle it, but I'd still like, you know, not not have any sense around it. But the, the, yeah, I guess what, what I'm saying is I've had to, yeah, rediscover like, okay, without that then, where do I get my wildness from? Yeah <laughs> and that and that's been a journey of like um exploration, and it, and it's ongoing as well, because it, and it's it's not an easy um, easy journey when you've had that dependency, when your fun has been associated with the, with substance. It's like, okay, what do I do without it? So the more connected you can become with yourself, the more you you start, I think, to connect with the, the wild part of you. And, and so much of it, I think, for me anyway, has been permission. So permission to go and travel by myself, even though I have a family, you know? Permission to like, I just started African drumming lessons. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> like that—that's not, you know, something that I've thought about doing. It's so much fun. It's wild.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you know what I mean? And going to finding like communities, finding communities that, that where there's celebration that doesn't, you know, that doesn't involve alcohol, but you're still getting that real sense of natural high. You know, and it, it's so it, you can you can find it. You can find it in lots of different ways. But it's it, that's when you're that's where I think you're truly finding. Wild.
0: hmm. Yeah, you
1: know, you're truly finding wild and what you're what you're what you actually will find is that the true wild within you is permission to be a greater expression of who you are and permission to live in a way that you choose to live and taking action on that, even when other people don't get it.
0: Yeah, and I think, um, well, with drugs and alcohol, they give you that permission, like socially, and society is like, well, we understand that you'll be more free, you'll be more inhibited on these substances, but like revert, redoing the narrative of, no, I can act like that without it. I don't want to go too far and act completely ridiculous, but um, I can still go dancing. I can still act crazy and funny and childlike without the excuse that, oh, I need this to act like that.
1: Mm, Yeah. And yeah, and to dress up like, (laughs) I love festivals because I mean, there's always a bit of confusion for me because there is the alcohol drugs element in a lot of great festivals but I love the freedom of festivals in terms of being a that you can go and dress up if you go to the right festivals yeah. in anything <laughs> in anything you want to dress up up in and you'll still be loved Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Halloween's always been my favorite holiday. And that's one of the reasons I love living in Miami. They have just huge events all the time. And you can literally just be exactly how you feel like being.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I, I bet it's amazing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) As you can tell, like dye your hair, you can put jewels on your face. You can wear like crazy headdresses. You can be mostly naked sometimes. Yes.
1: and like yeah just coming back to that like the wild part like the wild part of me has definitely when i really tune into what what makes me feel that sense of liberation and freedom it's actually often connected back to nature so Mm -hmm. like hiking up a mountain you know or like finding a mountain somewhere that i want to plan a trip to or what like swimming naked you know those things are so liberating and you're accessing the freedom part of you that the drugs and alcohol that you felt that you were getting from it but actually the problem was that it came with a massive up and down mm-hmm. so it wasn't it wasn't aligned to what felt um I don't want to say pure but like true to your yeah true to to who you are and loving yeah, no. yeah honoring yourself.
0: Yes, definitely. Mm. And I think um like with certain drugs at least and alcohol it unlocks a, a way that you didn't know i guess existed and like cuz MDMA, psilocybin, those things really transform my self-esteem in my early 20s. So I don't want to say like it was all bad. There's definitely lots and lots of fun and yeah. good times and good things that came out of it. Mm-hmm. But after you know that it's possible, you can you can reaccess those that feeling. You just yes. have to teach your body how to get back there. So you can find that without um without using the drug. And, you know, people nowadays are um, low dose psilocybin and doing microdoses mm-hmm. And just even like the teeniest little shift, you, like your brain turns on like, oh, I forgot that I had the access to thinking this way. And then yes. afterwards, like sometimes all you need is a little nudge.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because I went to this festival last summer And I was in a like full on trance tent. It was an kind of outdoor tent. They had like camouflage nets above and they had glow in the dark, butterflies. It was really beautiful, Mm -hmm. but like really full on trancey. And I was in there with my friend and after about 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I felt like I was coming up on a pill. Yeah. (laughs) And I completely freaked out. And I had a drink and I was like, some that barman spiked my drink walked out of the thing chucked through the drink started freaking out took a deep breath and then I was like oh no 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 <laughs> I think it was just the music <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah definitely
1: <laughs> and it honestly it triggered like a just the repetitive um the repetitive sounds uh, created that uh, response in my body of like coming up
0: yeah <laughs> Do you know what I
1: mean And I had the same, a similar experience where I went to, there was like a community uh, spiritual event and there was meditation and different things. And then it went, we went into like this drumming, drumming thing. So we were drumming and dancing for maybe an hour. And I was looking around at everybody and they looked like they had been, they were taking something. But they weren't, <laughs> yeah. And and again, the drumming—it was like it put the whole experience put me in this elevated vibration and state that felt it felt a little bit similar to substance use, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. So you 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 can definitely. I always I think like repetitive uh, beats and music and that kind of thing and mo- your own movement it can definitely like shift you to that space if that's what you're wanting to access but,
0: yeah. yeah yeah I've reached similar emotional states with like gong meditations like like yes. that long long two-hour type gong meditations mm. and then Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this that is that true heart brain coherence like when yes. they measure people's brainwaves once the heart and the brain are fully in coherence, the brain waves just light up into that like transcendental. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, those type of brain waves and you can see it happening. And that's when people have those moments where they're like, there was light coming in and all the yeah. part of pain in my body was gone. <laughs> yes
1: yeah it's amazing so powerful so you like i kind of think like go on you know that's an adventure (laughs) isn't it if you are wanting to access that kind of a state like that's a cool adventure to go on to explore that without the use of substances yes and not that we need to be in that state but why not once in a while
0: yeah. I mean, can you imagine if you had trained your brain and body to access that on a regular basis?
1: Mm, yeah. So, that would be so incredible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I love talking about drugs and alcohol, but I also wanted to ask you, um, so, so you've been with your husband since you were very young and yeah. he was there with you through like All of these like transformations that you went through, dark night of the soul years, and Mm. you know, coming into yourself more. um, How was navigating this with another person?
1: Yeah, that's a brilliant question. (laughs) (laughs) It's challenging.
0: Yeah, I bet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, I got together with my husband when I was twenty-one, and considering that at the age of eighteen, I hadn't um i hadn't really drank i hadn't i it, i think i ha- i kissed somebody for the first time when i was 18 and then i had like this window of basically like you have rules and then there's no rules <laughs> so i had like a wild three years of exploration and then i was in a very serious committed relationship. So there was so much, there's been so many evolutions, but probably it's been quite condensed in the last five years. And that's been challenging. It's been challenging because, um, I guess for different reasons. One, greater levels of honesty, which, which has created pain, you know, being honest being in it like creating a conscious relationship with somebody means that you have to be you have to go to the depths of greater honesty about how you're feeling in your relationship about how you're feeling about yourself about how you're feeling about life and to be more truthful and that that is difficult because it challenges a part of you especially if um Especially if you spent many years being in secrecy around who you are, so that's been like a a big. um, That was the first, like first kind of first thing. Honesty can be really challenging and honoring each other in that process of honesty, um, and holding space for creating space for each other with that secondly the biggest challenge is probably when I was going through this big spiritual journey my husband wasn't and you know he knew that I was like on this journey but I think he was looking at me thinking what the (laughs) hell is going on I wasn't sure if I could swear or not (laughs) oh yeah you can (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck is going on (laughs) so it was It was like, he was sort of watching it. And I think um, seeing me change from what he had seen. And he said to me once, you've changed. And he said it like it was a bad thing. And, And then I was kind of like, we're meant to change. We're not supposed to say the same, you know? So, there's just been so much around, um, I think, probably it's been, in some ways, very challenging for my partner, because, you know, when you open up the box of, I give myself permission to follow my soul, and where I'm being guided to, that can feel um that can trigger a sense of unsafety for the other person you know so yeah (laughs) it's like every i'm like and i'm a gen i don't know if people know about human design but i'm a generator as well so it's like i'm always like okay come on let's do this let's let's, (laughs) let's push the edge to this place and you know, he's a different person. So he doesn't necessarily go at the same pace as me in life with things. <laughs> he needs a lot a lot more time to process and integrate and all of that. So he's, ha- he's, he's I guess, like had to be very patient. And, I, and I'm learning, I guess I've learned equally patience and compassion for where he's at on his journey but it's, you know, the other challenging bit has been this space that we got to where, you know, I'd kind of done so much work on myself and my pain, my inner pain. And he didn't necessarily see that. He didn't necessarily see what I went through internally to get to this place of freedom and liberation. And then I was in that place of freedom and liberation and, like, yeah, let's go. In life, and he was in the depths of darkness, so it was difficult because I was in a space of I just want (laughs) to (laughs) live, I don't want to have to deal with your shit now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so I had to really, you know, come back to a place of compassion, but also boundaries that honored my needs, you know, because um, it felt very, very constricted. Constrictive. When you when you found that space of liberation and then somebody else is like it's feeling like they're pulling you back because they're in their own pain, that's really difficult. So it was very, very challenging. Um yeah, very very challenging. And I just think like everybody has their responsibility for their journey and so you know, that was something I made very clear that, like, you know, I will love and support you. And, you know, having those open conversations about where I was also putting a guard up to protect myself. So not, not being compassionate, just cutting myself off, you know, to protect myself. So there's, there's so many conversations we've had, over the you know over the over time and I think like the biggest thing that we have that has supported me on my journey in the in our relationship has been um like really taking responsibility for my commitment you know do I want to be in the relationship or not or am I kind of like semi in it (laughs) am I semi in it like one foot out you know not fully committed really so in terms of your energy and in terms of how am I showing up for that for the other person in the relationship because a lot of people can look as though they're committed but actually energetically they're completely detached and cut off so yeah. (laughs) yeah so and that's a protection thing isn't it But that's been like really, um, really helpful coming back to that, like re-coming back to that, like what are my commitments and visions for life? And is this thing here that, that I'm doing, does that fit in with the vision? Does it fit in with the commitments? Or is this something I need to let go of? You know, how am I showing up and taking responsibility for like my shadows for my the ways that I can show up in hurtful ways to him or the ways that I can show up that you're impatient or whatever it might be so it's definitely been like a journey and an accepting that yeah and accepting a greater acceptance that we're both on our individual journeys but they were also on a conscious uh, joint journey as well and mm-hmm. revisiting it revisiting it
0: yeah I love that that's all really good advice <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah for myself personally I the relationship I'm in now I'm so glad that I was the one that got horribly sick first I went through my shit first because I got to see like what true actual love was because in my past relationships when things got really hard I was like not dealing with this I'm out (laughs) not worth it Mm. um and then this time you know afterwards and then he started to go through his stuff it was like oh I get it now like this one is worth it this one's not too hard I can hold this space like you just did for me Mm. and so it was just a totally different feeling like in the body Whereas in the past it was like, get out, get out now, get out.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. It's also that he's modeled you, modeled to you. What maybe you haven't received before in past relationships. Mm -hmm. Oh, by far. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, it's that thing of, um, Yeah, you've had that experience of, oh, right, it can be like this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It can be like this. What's, I deserve this. Mm -hmm. I deserve this level of love.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So beautiful.
0: And so just to, before we wrap things up, I love getting to know how you've turned your story, your passions, Your whole self into a business model and you actually can make an income doing this and how that looks like how your day-to-day looks and like how it all got started maybe some of the mistakes or struggles that came with the starting a business
1: Mm, I think like uh, the biggest piece around business is self-trust and i get like at the moment i'm on a journey of as well like not just trusting myself but trusting that i have like a spirit team and ancestral team god that are backing me you know that want the best for me and really tuning into that because i think what i've learned so far is like i'm thinking it's just me So then when things don't work out, like a launch flops, that it means something bad about me. Do you know what I mean? It means that I failed, or it means that I've done something wrong, you know, or people don't Mm -hmm. like me, or people think (laughs) that person's better, or whatever the stories are that come up. So yeah, really trusting in like there's a path that's being created. And to trust that, to trust that path, you know, but I think for me, like the journey has been um, like a journey of greater self acceptance, like, that's where things have really grown to creating, I guess, my own name or brand or whatever you want to call it that it's it's me you know it's a reflection of me and the work that I've done on myself you know and so that I can so that I feel that whatever I'm creating whether it's a program or whether it's a post or whatever it might be that it's me you know and if you're still holding like all these deep levels of shame about yourself then it's very difficult to do that (laughs) you're going to create a version of yourself that is actually somebody else is a copycat of somebody else which is a lot of what instagram is actually
0: (laughs) yeah
1: isn't it like there's a lot of you know when you see like feeds that are you know there's really beautifully curated feeds um, I mean there are some gorgeous feeds that have like deep meaning behind them but you know when you kind of look at like influencer type feeds and they're all very very similar aren't they Mm -hmm. because there's that fear of showing up as like just who you are Mm -hmm. so I think that I think that's been the biggest yeah
0: yeah there's there's Like once I got into, okay, I'm going to start my own coaching business. You all of a sudden get all these ads and other people telling you, don't do it this way, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. And you're like, I have to not listen to any of this. It's just making it worse. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's the bit it's like, um, that takes, takes you social media if you're not careful with it, if you're not intentional with it, it takes you away from your mission, your purpose and your power. Right. And so then, and I, and I, and I've done this, <laughs> like I'm realizing more and more the importance of honoring my, who I am and my uniqueness and my unique gifts that, and everybody has that. And the more that you honor that, the more that you're creating something that nobody else can copy, you know, nobody else can reflect or represent what you do in the same way because they're not you.
0: Right. And now with AI, it's going to get even worse. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, So, yeah, what is your what is your day to day life look like? How do you take care of yourself and your business all in one?
1: Mm. At the moment, my day to day feels very spacious. I don't have like too many clients at the moment. And I feel like good about it. (laughs) I'm like creating, um, relaunching my podcast and YouTube. So I've been doing, doing that, supporting clients. I'm launching a new program as well in at the end of March, so I'm doing a lot of work on that behind the scenes and just planning content, you know, creating content. Um, And in terms of what I do to look after myself I get up at the moment i'm doing some intensive cacao work so so that I can bring that into my work as well with clients. And so at the moment, you know, and I think this will just continue, my morning feels very ritualistic, um, a lot of clearing energy, inviting in spirit and ancestors and allowing cacao medicine to, you know, that plant medicine to guide me, um, saying prayers and yeah just setting intentions for the day tuning into my heart with that medicine um, and that doesn't have to take a long time but sometimes i like to allow the space for more of it so that's what i'm really feeling at the moment just this sense of like wanting spaciousness in my diary rather than packing it out so i'm just giving myself permission for that But other times I'm a hustler. (laughs) So I am on it. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm on it, like creating stuff, writing programs. Also, I still do some contracted work as a psychologist. So I pick that up when I want to. So sometimes I'm full in like report writing. Um, I always take my dog out. So that's always like a midday, like, nice uh, break and just honoring like my body so I don't overkill in the gym but I commit to like training doing weights three times a week and just always you know unless I'm ill unless I'm like on my period honoring that commitment you know and showing up for showing up for myself so that i feel good so i feel good in my body um and then being boundaryed like trying to be boundaryed with work so that i can be more present with my son and my husband which can be difficult as well <laughs> and that's that's a balance you know that's a balance that i kind of um have been working on finding because yeah Sometimes by the time my son gets home from school, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so then that at that point, I know, I know I've done too much actually,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I want to be available and present. So it's like okay, how do I how do I pace it a bit more evenly so that there's not this like feeling of tension in your body like i have got to get all of this done in like this period of time and yeah i stepping into that place of power of um i get to choose how i run my business if i want to push a launch i get to push it yeah (laughs) you know i have full control over that and there's no desperation that's definitely the space i've come to i think or i'm coming more to like trusting that um yeah trusting that things will flow and i don't need to i don't need to like be pushing and forcing I'm coming from that energy in my business you know
0: mhm yeah beautiful advice <laughs> All right. Well, this has been absolutely delightful. I'm so glad we got to sit down and finally do a podcast. Um, Tell everybody listening where to find you, how to work with you.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. That's the main place, main hangout at the spiritual underscore psychologist. I have a podcast called the spiritual psychologist and a new soon to be launching YouTube. Um, if you want to work with me, I have a website which is the spiritual psychologist.co.uk. Um, where else can you find me? Those are the spaces, and I have a couple of really beautiful one-to-one programs. Um, I'm launching a program at the end of March, which is I'm not, I've not nailed the name yet. I'm not fully behind it, so I'm not going to say what it is, but it is a program for leaders, coaches, healers to find that greater sense of confidence, but also skill set in terms of trauma knowledge, awareness, informedness, um, operating from a place of integrity and really building strong foundations in the work that you do which reflect who you are and coming from that energy of like what your purpose, your specific individual, like purpose and mission and way of working is that creates a unique blueprint. So I'm excited for that.
0: Yeah. That sounds like really good. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, um, finally I'm running a retreat in Bali in July, as well. I've got a few places left on that. So there's lots of different ways to connect with me.
0: Dying to do your trip in Bali, but flight is like know. two days for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I did suggest dropping dropping in Russia. Yeah. I was kind of like <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that would quite work as a combo with <laughs> yeah. Russia and Bali.
0: Yeah, maybe the year after I could like make a Europe stop, stay for a bit. So it's not such a huge, huge flight.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'll definitely be doing something in Europe, I think next year.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I've loved getting to know you better from this side as opposed to the other side. (laughs) i've
1: loved being on this side as well so thank you
0: so much <laughs> yeah of course you're welcome all right everyone thank you for listening have a wonderful rest of your day bye. bye thank you thank you everyone i am just so thrilled that you're listening to the healer revolution podcast this has been a huge passion project for me and super therapeutic on top of that helping me to use my voice and connect with other like-minded individuals. So if you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe. Please share on social media or with your audience or friends or loved ones. I truly appreciate it. It does take a lot of time and financial costs to run the podcast, and it is not a moneymaker, let me tell you. So if you are enjoying this, I would truly appreciate your support just by sending me a post, a like, and a subscribe. Thank you so much.